You're listening to the Outdoor Photography Podcast, episode 37. Do you feel the pull to use your photography to shed light on a conservation issue, but you just don't know how to get started? Well, after listening to today's special episode, you will have three approaches that you could take to start telling a local conservation story right away. So stay tuned. Hi, I'm Brenda Petrella, the creator of Outdoor Photography School. Join me as I sit down with top landscape and nature photographers and outdoor industry experts to chat about creativity, composition, photography tips and techniques, essential gear, safety in the outdoors, respect for nature, and so much more. Tune in every week to learn how to create compelling and impactful images while exploring and enjoying the natural world. Welcome to the Outdoor Photography Podcast. Hey everyone, Brenda Petrella here, here to help you create better images and reconnect with nature. Before we get into today's special episode, I just wanted to thank those of you who have already participated in the Outdoor Photography School survey. Right now, I am elbow deep in planning out what OPS will offer in 2022, and I want to be sure that my ideas align with your own outdoor photography goals and what you hope to learn in the next year. So I'd love to know what it is that you're hoping to improve in your photography and how OPS might be able to help you along the way. So if you have a minute to share your thoughts, I would greatly appreciate it. Just click the survey link in the episode description or go to outdoorphotographypodcast.com and find the link there. And thank you. Today, we have a special episode for you, and I'm really excited to share it. If you've been listening to the podcast for a while, you may remember my interview with Jamie Heimbuck back in episode seven. Jamie is a highly accomplished wildlife conservation photographer, writer, and educator who is passionate about helping photographers craft conservation stories and create images with impact. She is the founder of Wild Idea Lab and the highly regarded Conservation Storytellers Academy. Jamie is also the host of Impact, the Conservation Photography Podcast, which is actually how I first got to know Jamie. And as you'll hear in today's episode, she has a warm and welcoming approach that just makes you want to be her friend. Many of you listening are conservation-minded outdoor photographers and are curious about exploring a conservation story of your own, and you were really inspired by Jamie's interview. But you're just not sure where to start or how to even begin telling a story. So I asked Jamie if I could share with you one of her episodes where she breaks down three types of conservation stories that you can explore locally to help you jumpstart your first conservation project. And she said yes, because she's awesome that way. And so without further ado, please enjoy this special episode from Jamie Heimbuck from Impact, the Conservation Photography Podcast. It's a very exciting thing to decide that you want to photograph a conservation story, especially one that's happening near you. But what I watch happen again and again with inspired conservation photographers who have never tackled a story before is this. You make this really important mindset shift into knowing that you're capable and you're ready to photograph a story, and then you immediately hit the first hurdle of what kind of story is it that you're going to photograph? 
So in this episode, I want to walk through three types of photo stories that you can take on. This is just three of many, but these three in particular offer what I think is the very clearest place to begin your adventure, the clearest path forward. Let's dive in. Welcome to Impact, the conservation photography podcast. I'm your host, Jamie Heimbeck. And if you are a visual storyteller with a love for all things wild, then you're in the right place. From conservation to creativity, from business to marketing, and everything in between, this podcast is for you, the conservation visual storyteller who is ready to make an impact. Let's dive in. As I mentioned, there are many types of conservation photo stories that you can photograph. But if you're looking for a really clear direction forward, some place to start, something that has kind of a vibe of familiarity to it, that you recognize kind of what the structure's like, something that you can really wrap your head around and envision as you're planning, then the three types of stories that I'm outlining today are definitely my top choices for you to select from. All right. The first type of story is a person profile. So a person profile is all about documenting a person's story, including both what they're doing and who they are. A person profile, I think, is a great strategy or a great option, especially for photographers who already have a background in people photography. So you're already kind of used to documenting people at work or taking portraits, and you want to move into conservation storytelling. So you want to move beyond those portraits and into really telling someone's full story. And this is also a great option for photographers who are uncomfortable with photographing people. And you really need to stretch your skills to learn how to photograph the human side of what's normally a more animal or landscape-centric story. So whether or not you are already comfortable with people but you're unfamiliar with storytelling, or if you're kind of familiar with storytelling but you're uncomfortable in front of people, This is a great option because it's going to push your skills no matter what. So what I mean by a person profile is you're leaning a little bit away from sort of the newsy side of a story and really into more of an in-depth exploration of a person and who they are. So as an example, you could choose to document the story of a local conservationist or the head of a conservation organization. And not only are you documenting what it is they do inside of conservation, but also you start to get into who they are as a personality, as a community member. Maybe dig into their family life a little bit and tell more about them. And the beauty of a person profile is not only does it give us kind of an overview about the work that they do, but as viewers, we're pulled in to more of the details of that conservation work because we really get to know them. And we are compelled, I think, to be a little bit more emotionally attached to a story if we are attached to the human characters. So, for example, when I talk about like, okay, we'll choose a local conservationist. 
One of the students in my Conservation Photography 101 course has done a really great job identifying a local conservationist who's working on this fairly common conservation issue. I can't give specific details because she's working on the story right now. And, you know, when you're working on a story, sometimes you hold those cards close to your chest for a while. But she's chosen this really interesting person who, even though she's working on something that is a fairly common conservation issue, the way that she's working on this is very different. And the conservationist is actually this very compelling person. The way that she's been very active with the issue on social media as well as in her personal life, that really draws us into this story. So she stands out as a unique character. And because she's a unique character with a different way of approaching an issue, there's a lot to photograph about her and her life as well as in her work. So someone who's a local conservationist who also is maybe very charismatic or has a very fresh approach to their work, that might be a perfect person to select. And speaking of someone with a unique approach to their work, another route that you could go is to identify someone with a conservation-minded approach to their business. This is a great opportunity for a really cool person profile. And in fact, another one of my students is taking this very approach. She identified a falconer in her area, and this falconer actually runs a business for non-lethal bird control over crops. So he goes out with his falcon and without harming the birds at all, scares them up off of the crops. And it offers a fantastic way to control birds and to help out farmers. And what's really great is she really understood a lot about what goes into being a falconer and that relationship with the bird. And so she's diving in not only to the work that he does for his business, which has a very cool conservation story, but she identified someone who has is just really compelling as a character. And so by digging into that, she's going to end up coming away with a much more engaging story because she's profiling this person, not just the work that he does for conservation. So a, a very, very cool approach. What I love about the idea of doing a person profile is you can really wrap your head around the two kind of elements of the story. One is what they do and one is who they are. The trick, of course, is to figure out how you're going to photograph that, the types of photos that you really need to get to illustrate who that person really is. But like I said, it pushes you into some really amazing creative areas. And by focusing in on a person, your story can actually come together in a very rich, interesting way and guide people to wanting to learn more about the conservation issue that that person works on or represents. So that's story type number one, a person profile. Story type number two is a place profile. And in this, much like documenting the story of a person, you want to document the story of a location. Now, I think that a place profile is a great option for photographers who are looking to stretch your skills on connecting puzzle pieces for a story, because typically place profiles are really digging into certain elements of that place and perhaps the effect that it has on a larger community or its importance on other species. And because of all of that, I do think that this is actually the most difficult of the three 
three that I'm mentioning today because it can actually be harder to find and keep hold of the so what thread that ties all of those images together into a cohesive whole that really is the the core thread that brings together the elements of why this place is important or interesting or it needs to be protected or whatever your so what factor may be. But when you do pull it off, the results can be absolutely incredible because in conservation, when you protect habitat, you protect untold numbers of species. So if you're able to pull off a place profile as your story in a really compelling way, it can actually have a much more far-reaching impact than you might at first think. Now, when you're thinking of a place profile, you could go big. For example, I'm thinking of Mac Stone's Everglades project that actually came together in a book. He really dug into the Everglades and photographed so many aspects of this really amazing habitat. Or, and this is what I recommend, you go small and specific especially if you are just getting started on your first place profile, I really recommend trying to really narrow it down and get specific. So for example, you could highlight a specific benefit of the location that you've chosen. One of my students actually has a perfect example of this. She had the idea that she wanted to talk about a preserve that's in her area. And primarily, she wanted to get people to stop kind of trashing the preserve because there's a lot of overnight camping that is illegal and uh, litter and that sort of thing. And she really wanted to protect this place by bringing attention to it. Well, she brought her idea into our weekly Q&A sessions and we workshopped it quite a bit. And what she ended up deciding on was actually to highlight how that preserve was created for a certain migratory bird species in order to have some habitat that was safe haven for this bird species. And by highlighting this place and its importance to the bird species, she was able to highlight how residents could take pride in this area and to really celebrate it. And that was a great approach for a place profile. She's tying together the ideas of habitat for an endangered species and the way that people in the community feel about a place because of what it accomplishes. And she was diving into some other elements of the importance of this place. Ultimately, the story was a place profile, and yet she really had this thread of a so what factor that she could grab onto and bring all these puzzle pieces together in a very, very cool way. Now, you could also highlight how a place plays a bigger role in the entire community picture. About two years ago, I held a workshop here on the Oregon coast, and our students worked to document the story of a place and of an organization that was working to preserve this place. It's called the Oregon Coast Community Forest Association, and they had a piece of land, some 17 acres, that they wanted to use as a pilot project to illustrate how sustainable forestry and connecting with the land can be done here on the Oregon coast. So our students documented this place and the activity that happens on it and the people who were engaged in protecting it and some of the other people who came to work on this land. And the thread of that was really showing how a piece of land can tie together a larger community behind a certain conservation effort. 
It was definitely difficult to photograph, though. The students had to really push themselves creatively to figure out how they were going to photograph this place and the activity on it in order to really create a thorough place profile. But they definitely did it, and the results were really phenomenal. In fact, they did such a good job on this that... At the end of the workshop, we held a really fun gallery exhibit and we hung up some 30 images at a community bar that is very artistic and has a ton of wall space for artwork and is known for artwork. And we had this really fun evening event there. Well, the owner saw it and loved it so much that he asked to keep it up for an entire month. And we had a gallery owner attend the event who was interested in actually hanging up our students' work in the gallery as well. Imagine the kind of legwork that that gallery exhibit does for highlighting inside of the community what this place is doing for the community, what this forest preserve represents for a community and how it brings people together. It was really, really fun and well done. And it was a place profile. Difficult, but very effective. So option number one is a person profile. Option number two is a place profile. And option number three is a local conservation activity that has a larger, more far-reaching so what factor. What I mean by that is there might be an activity that has a conservation purpose that's happening locally, but what's happening has some sort of a message or an impact that reaches far beyond the community. Now, I love the idea of this type of story because you can really dig into all aspects of a story from the people to the places to the species to the activity. This is where a lot of storytelling skills kind of come together and you can push your creativity. Now, again, what I stress is that when you choose your local conservation activity, Try and find one that has that larger so what factor, something that people living in other areas can also really relate to. So, for example, here on the Oregon coast, there is a really fantastic conservation organization. And one of the things that they do is called Coast Watchers. And they it's sort of like a citizen science thing, but they pull in volunteers who adopt a mile of coastline. And as a volunteer, your job is to go walk that mile of coastline and sort of report the activity that's happening on it. How many people are there? Do you notice like any dead animals that have washed up? Do you notice plastic pollution? Are there any signs of erosion? And by filling out a report on your mile of coastline, it helps the organization as a whole monitor the entire health of the coastline. It's a really interesting program. And not only is it one that works here on the Oregon coast, but That's something that can be modeled maybe in other areas with coastline or even inland. It could be a model for forests or even deserts or rivers or all kinds of other habitats. So the concept behind it is not only is there this really cool local conservation activity with some really neat people involved, But what they're doing is something that has really far-reaching impacts, not only for Oregon coastline, but also conservation efforts and how they're performed in other areas. So I love the idea of doing something, a local conservation activity on an organization like this, because with that type of activity that they're doing, you have the opportunity to go out and photograph people while they're walking their stretch of coastline or to photograph the coastline itself. You can photograph some of the issues that 
that are popping up on that coastline that people are monitoring and recording. You can photograph the organization as they're putting together all of this data or what it means to roll this data out to the community. There's so many ways that you could really tackle this as a story. So when you're thinking about your own local conservation activity with a larger so what factor. Think about all the different elements that you can pull together and photograph, not only to highlight the activity itself, but also to photograph ways in which this is used or matters to people that are outside of that community. Now, another example that comes to mind that's happening here on the Oregon coast as well is watershed councils are engaged in restoration projects. They're restoring streams and rivers. And what one of the things that they're doing in order to restore them is sourcing these really large logs from either people who are clearing trees from their land or leftover logging material from construction projects. They're sourcing these big, basically the equivalent of felled trees, and they're placing them across streams. And this is in order to provide salmon habitat because the salmon Salmon that migrate upstream need shady places. They they need the type of environment that fallen trees over streams provide in order to lay eggs and to spawn and to have ideal habitat for the fry that grow up and then return to the ocean. So this type of activity is really critical to restoring salmon and the health of salmon populations. And it also kind of brings the community together because they're sourcing logs from community members and community businesses. But again, it has a bigger so what factor because the restoration of salmon populations matters all up and down the Pacific Northwest and in it matters to industry as well as to indigenous culture. It matters to people who live here. It matters to people who care about endangered species. So there's a big so what factor, even though the activity that I might document would be very, very local in nature. It's happening right in my own town or my own community. So uh, this is another example, of course, of a local conservation activity with a larger so what factor. So you could look in your area and discover what kinds of conservation activities are happening that have a so what factor that others would care about or like why this activity not only matters to your local community, but also matters to uh, conservation and communities on a larger scale. So let's run through our three types of stories once again. First is a person profile. So you're documenting a person's story, including both who they are as well as what they're doing. And this is a perfect strategy for someone who is comfortable with people photography but needs to stretch storytelling skills or for people who are starting to really build storytelling skills, but they are uncomfortable with photographing people. And so you really need to kind of push your comfort zone and get some practice under your belt photographing people. The second type of story is a place profile, and this is a fantastic option for photographers who want to build their skill sets on connecting different puzzle pieces of a story. This is a challenging option, but one that can be really amazing and a lot of fun once you really start to pull it all together. And the third story type is the local conservation activity that has a larger so what factor. And this is great for photographers who are interested in really exploring the variety of techniques and approaches to a photo story and exploring the people side and really getting into the places and the species, the activity that's happening, the details and pulling all of that together into a cohesive whole that can have this bigger so what factor. 
All right. So there are three types of conservation photo stories that are really the clearest way forward. Again, there's so many other types of stories that you could delve into and we're only limited by creativity. But if you want to have something where, you know, you're digging into your first story and you want to have a concept where you're like, I get it. I can envision it. I understand what I'm going for. I'm going to dive in and this will be amazing. Then choosing one of these three can be a great way to start. All right. I hope that you have fun. And if you dive in on a photo story, please, please, please let me know. I can't wait to find out what you're working on and cheer you on. All right. I hope this episode helped to get your wheels turning a bit on different ways that you can get started on your first conservation photography project. And if so, then I highly recommend checking out Jamie's Conservation Photography 101 course if you are ready to dive in more. Enrollment starts again in January, so this is the perfect time to get on the wait list and kick the new year off with a step-by-step process to help you go from story idea to story development, all the way through to pitching the idea to editors. So to learn more, go to conservationvisualstorytellersacademy.com, and I'll also put all the relevant links in the show notes. Also be sure to follow the Impact Conservation Photography Podcast if you want to hear inspiring interviews and learn more about visual storytelling and conservation photography. Also, just a little heads up, being that we're close to the holidays, I am taking a short break from publishing new interviews this month, but I'll still be here each week with a little something special for you. So I hope you tune in. And we have a bunch of incredible interviews lined up for January and February, which I just can't wait to share with you. And thank you to everyone who has supported the show by leaving a rating and review, buying me a coffee, or even just sharing the show with a friend. All of these make a huge difference in helping the show reach new listeners who share your love of photography and the outdoors. And I'll be back here next week. And so until then, get outside, my friends, and find yourself a little nature. Take care.